0: Yes, this is the Narbos and Broomheads podcast, but we are taking a break from reviewing Degrassi episodes. We're going to shift our focus to my so-called life over the next few months. We hope you'll stick around for this journey. If you want to touch base with us, all of the same social media at Narbos Podcast on Twitter, at Narbos and Broomheads Podcast on Instagram, and Narbos and Broomheads at gmail.com if you want to talk to us about my so-called life, or come on to an episode. Please let us know. We will get back to Degrassi episodes after we're done reviewing my so-called life in a few months. Don't fear, though, if you're missing that content, we've got well over 150 episodes of Degrassi reviews for you. Head over to anywhere where you listen to your podcasts and go back into our history. Hope you enjoy them, and hopefully you'll enjoy our reviews of my so-called life. Let's do it.
1: Santa
2: Said that everybody's working for the weekend. Well, if this is the kind of work that was being put in around my so-called life writers' rooms, then viewership should have been going off the deep end, and Holtzman and Dooley should have been asking for a second chance. Tonight we are discussing the 18th and penultimate episode, weekend. And if the show knew it already wasn't getting a second season, then oh boy did they ought didn't offer up much here. <laughs> but maybe I'm wrong, and maybe those here with me tonight will change my mind. And who do we have here that might want a piece of my heart? Well, we better start from the start. Who is here for the show? Come on, let's go to Toronto.
0: Wow, your favorite band is Loverboy, eh? <laughs> no, but they did sing a song about
2: called "Weekend." So like, is this is weekend. that
0: Mike Reno on the podcast? That's amazing. <laughs> uh, you did not introduce yourself, by the way, host. I
2: was going to hold that off till the end, oh. keep people hanging around. My name is Tim, of course. I'm Not my first episode, and who is it on the west side of Toronto? Uh,
0: It's Alan, hi everybody, and uh, I did not dislike this episode, but it's certainly the hijinks episode of the season, and uh, there's a few things that are a little uh, inexplicable, so we'll get into it. Uh, Let's go to Regina. Regina.
3: Hey, it's Arlo, coming to you from Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada. And uh, I didn't mind this episode. I found some interesting little uh, Easter eggs to talk about. I don't know that it's uh, plot-wise it's the most uh, driving episode, but I think we'll enjoy it. And uh, we once again have a special guest (laughs) uh, here to help us talk about everyone's favorite show, My So-Called Life. Uh, Stacy
1: from New York. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me back. Very Applause, exciting. applause,
0: applause. Uh, <laughs> so, we're having like a podcast get together, and I think Arlo is the only one missing.
3: <laughs> I'm <am> so <laughs> sad. <laughs> yeah. Everyone uh, is in Toronto. Yeah.
0: We even got the Newfoundlanders. Yeah. It's going to be, yeah, they're coming in. We're recording this on the 23rd of June. So,. In on the 24th, uh, Ted and Barry. Courtney's coming down. Tim's coming into the big city. We're going to the Toronto Blue Jays game. Huh? I don't know what to tell you. Stacy. do you like that last part?
1: What, that you're going to the Blue Jays game? Okay, Blue Jays, let's Let's play play ball. ball. Right? No? I mean, I would go to a Blue Jays game if I was in Toronto.
0: Yeah, right? (laughs) There you go. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so that's what we'll be doing, and then uh, some of us will be er, partaking in the big wrestling shows. Very exciting stuff.
3: Mm -hmm. But basically, that's why uh, Ted and Barry and Courtney aren't here, hey, because they're all in travel mode at the moment, and I wish I was in travel mode. If I was a lot less broke than I am right now, (laughs) 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 I wish that I could have hopped on a flight, because that would have been great, but... Not to be this time.
0: Maybe uh, because Ted and Barry are coming down with two of their friends. So maybe they'll go to the hotel room and then Ted will be like, hey, guys, I got this big itinerary planned for today. Are you excited? (laughs) And then the other three will be like, let's go get some booze. We'll be right back.
2: You mean they won't be excited to go to the Retro Myseum of Toronto?
0: (laughs) No. No, they will go and spend the whole day getting booze and they'll come back and Ted will be very upset with them. And then he'll get drunk. But anyways, I don't want
2: to spoil Embar- this episode.
3: Embarrassingly, embarrassingly drunk, yeah. I hope.
0: Yeah. So
2: <laughs> And giggly. Yep. <laughs> so we are here to talk about, as I mentioned, the penultimate uh, episode of this series. This is episode 18, titled Weekend, written by Winnie Holtzman and Adam Dooley, directed by Todd Holland, who also directed uh, the Life of Brian episode, so... I mean, in my world, one good one, one stinker, but I guess I may have my mind changed as we go here.
3: I mean, it's interesting that he is directing the only two that aren't narrated by Angela, yes. right? Yeah.
2: Very much so, yes. And
3: uh, I think That was, do, his, we, that was his
2: one thing he had to do before he directed. He said, listen, I will only do this if that girl doesn't narrate.
3: Fuck <laughs> Angela.
2: <laughs> so anyway, it was um, uh, as we talked about rankings, it, it rates as an 8.4 on IMDb, which, you know i'm I'm kind of showing my hand a little bit that I don't agree with. But on Slant Magazine, ended up rating it at – ranking it as the 17th best episode about 20 years later, which which was one worse than Halloween. And I must say, <laughs> well, given the lead, I actually preferred the Halloween episode because I just think it had a little bit more it, – It I don't know. This episode to me just is pure – Pure trash. Wow. Okay, everybody. for what this show is trying to do, it just isn't the show. This episode, it just doesn't seem to fit into the world of the show. At least with Halloween, we were kind of led to believe that it was being silly for silly's sake. This one, I don't know. Leaning on the parents just doesn't do it for me.
3: I would argue that they did not know that the show was going to be.
2: (laughs) I'm sure they did. Cancelled,
3: and I'm sure, like if they did, they wouldn't have wasted. an episode on something that was fairly inconsequential here.
0: Well, we advanced two plot lines in this episode, like barely. Number one is this tension between Patty and Graham, which we'll find out is largely revolving around this Hallie. And the second one is Angela and Rayanne and the tension there, because Rayanne got that Jordan dick. And so now (laughs) there's a... I mean, you'd like to say there's some fallout. There's not real fallout, right? Like we don't really address it. Uh but but they are brought together and so there are things. Uh but I I would argue that yeah, like neither thing takes up a lot of time. There's a lot of hijinks, and uh yeah. We'll we'll yeah. uh and, and also-
2: show like this doesn't have hijinks in it. It's just not this isn't the type of show that you should say has hijinks. Well, by the bell has hijinks.
0: I don't know about that. They spent one episode chasing <laughs> ghosts, true. another another one chasing an angel. So that's fair, right? So you know what? That's fair. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say, like, I I enjoyed it more than you. I didn't I didn't love it. I didn't think it was a critical success, but I I enjoyed it. I was entertained. I do think that we are totally correct that we can bang this one out in a single episode. So yeah. which is what we are going to do. today <laughs> yeah. Stacy, did you like this one?
1: Eh. And I even <laughs> and I even felt that way first run. I was just kind of like, I don't know. And then when you see you when you see the two episodes that's sandwiched between, you're kind of like, really? You you did that? Really? So I don't know. I mean, it's fine. It's fine.
3: <laughs> I I think part of it too is that this one really centers on the parents a lot more than the kids. Like the kids are there,
1: but yeah. I would say the a
3: plot is with the parents this one, and it's kind of like, well, who is this for? Right, like right. I, for the most part, it was teens who were watching this show, yeah. um, not their parents. And I don't think the teens really related to the storyline that was going on with Patty and Graham. So, you know, yeah, again, again, who 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 was this made for? And I guess like watching it back now as adults, I can appreciate the grown up storyline a little bit more. But right. you know, at the time, you know, doesn't make a ton of sense for the show as a whole.
2: But nonetheless. And we are here to discuss it. And as we mentioned earlier, this is uh, one of two episodes, I believe, that opens up with a different narrator. And we get Danielle narrating this episode. Her voiceover starts the episode. She she talks that her whole life has been spent waiting for something to happen. She sits in her parents' room playing a Game Boy. And I couldn't try really get a guess of what the game would be. It's probably something like Tetris or... I mean I think
3: in a, good guess in an earlier I think in an earlier episode Angela specifically has voiced over that she felt like her, some like things in her life were finally starting to happen.
2: Yeah. So I, I, I found it, found it to be kind it. of
3: an interesting little callback to the fact that Angela, a few years older, it's like her life has started, whereas Danielle is still waiting for this to happen.
0: Yep. I think
2: that's probably fair. She's in she's in her parents' room while Patty and Camille are discussing clothes. Camille's Again. pulling out some, yeah, some black backless dress that she says that uh, will drive Graham crazy, but Patty doesn't think it's her style, and that's probably fair to say from what we know about Patty.
0: Great, con- like, great conversation with the kid in the room. Oh, yeah, Patty, this will make uh, Graham want to fuck so bad. Oh, hi, Danielle. How's
3: uh, But also, like, it's a, like a backless dress, like, scandalo, like, Patty, just put the dress on
2: yeah, we will see later. She does take a little step out of her comfort zone with how she dresses, but um, to no avail later on in the episode.
3: i I
0: don't know if I'm buying this. Like, again, so Patty throughout this episode is, I mean, she is prudish throughout the series. we've We've commented on this many times, right? but we're we're led to believe that Patty is not into, you know, kind of flaunting it. That she doesn't really drink And remember, Patty was The most popular girl in high school That's right, right? Yeah. So <laughs> I, I just, I mean maybe You can be both of those things But I don't know And something... she
2: does seem to have a healthy sex drive in this episode So it's kind of like
0: this Yeah, something doesn't track for me
3: I don't know, I'm sure there's more conservative schools You know, where <laughs> uh, pe- You know, people in high school just don't I
0: like was the biggest like that. party That's animal actually, At like... Republican High <laughs>
3: Well, you know, for real, like I'm assuming that there's there are kids and there are schools that are a lot more conservative and that they, you know, admire people who are perfect instead of messy. (laughs) I don't know. Unlike our high schools that we went to.
2: So she mentions that Graham is at a meeting with, with Hallie Lowenthal. And if you notice in this episode, they always reference her last name for some reason. I don't get because it. Because she's but.
1: like Jordan Catalano. Like, they have yeah, to like, say both names.
2: Like, why do you think it is? Is it trying to get the name stuck in our head or something? I don't get it. Like, they just constantly do it, I guess. I think it's just a goof on the show. Must be.
3: I they, Don't you know some people who you always refer to them as their two names?
0: I mean... Because I definitely do. We have a cat named Meg, and uh, my friend Jamie's wife is named Meg, so the cat here's name is Meg the Cat, because (laughs) I always want to clarify that I'm talking about the cat.
1: (laughs) I mean, if you know people with the same name, like if you have someone with the same name in the friend group, then you have to differentiate them, then you have to say the last names. Yeah, because I had that, my best friend in elementary school was also Stacy, so... That was a lot of fun for everyone. Um, So that would be an instance where you'd use a last name. But yeah, there are certain people where their names just sound better when you say the last name with the first name.
3: It's just certain people. And like, I know several different Ryans, but the only one who I call Ryan Hill, like (laughs) his name is just Ryan Hill. That's what we call him all the time. You know, Mm -hmm. everyone else just like Ryan or whatever. Or, you know, sometimes you make up nicknames for people. Like if you know multiple of them, like you know, you'll have like, you know, best Nathan and short Nathan and <laughs> wow. You know, oh, uh, for real oh like that Nathan's. kind of stuff and yeah, well I I actually do know a lot of Nathans. There is a best Nathan.
2: Um, <laughs> oh wow, I hate to be second best
1: Nathan. <laughs> Never be another Nathan. Nathan. Other
3: Nathans are nice, but there's yeah. best Nathan. But then there's just certain people that you just attach their last name to their first name and that's just how it is with those people. I'm not
1: sure why. So yeah, I like how Camille's like that Hallie Loenthal person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's such a best friend.
3: <laughs> yeah, so she
2: tells Camille to shut up. She claims she's okay with it. She's just annoyed that he's not home yet. When Neil and his girlfriend Marla are coming over soon, so we're le- we're we're kind of given told to, or we're told, I guess, or insinuating that the four of them are going away for the weekend. Camille can't believe that Neil and Marla have been together for six years. We know that Neil is a bit of a punching bag for Patty and uh, Camille and pretty much everybody, I guess. He's a little bit of, bit of that friend, I guess, because Patty says it's like a prison sentence having to be with Neil for, for six years.
0: Yeah, but also the only person in their universe who can fix a stereo. Uh, so, <laughs> And by fix, I mean put the wires into the speakers. So.
3: I feel like we can also kind of uh, imagine how this trip came about. You know, Patty said something like, well, let's go away for the weekend. Just the two of us. It'll be fun or something. And then Graham like goes out with his brother and comes back and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I invited my brother. And Patty's like, great.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And that's exactly. Yeah,
2: probably. Mm -hmm. So we get uh, we get Danielle's second voiceover and she says that she has the power of invisibility. Um. Suddenly, all of a sudden, though, that, that power she has of being invisible disappears, and Patty remembers she's there, so she tries to send Danielle to the kitchen, but Danielle says that
0: Angela and Ricky kicked her out of there. With a very Patty specific request. Away. Patty tells her, go get some fruit <laughs> go, from the kitchen. Go get a piece of fruit. Yeah, like, that's not something that my parents ever told me to do.
3: <laughs> I don't know why she didn't just say, like, go play your video game in your room. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah here's the just thing.
2: A a or room in the
3: living room. room. Like, why is she standing in her mom's room? It doesn't There's make more any than sense room's me, in this that's house. okay. Yeah.
2: I mean there's not eight bedrooms like in the in the sex brothel, but (laughs) at least three bedrooms she could go to.
0: Well, and I could see Danielle hovering around Angela, but I can't see her hovering around her mom. Like right? I doubt it.
3: I mean, maybe,
2: but So Danielle then claims that her life is just different people kicking her out of different rooms, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, Patty tells Camille that she and Graham haven't had any time alone for a while. She knows they won't really be alone since they're spending a weekend away with Neil and Marla. But she says she's comfortable with them, or at least with Marla, because we know she doesn't really like Neil, I guess. And she thinks their marriage needs this little trip. Now, Camille has a better idea of what they what they need and gives Patty a box containing some handcuffs, to which uh, I mentioned (laughs) that Patty has an incredibly over the top reaction to these handcuffs.
1: What was she doing with her face in that scene?
2: Oh, I don't know.
1: Like, her face was really. I don't know. The acting choice was weird to me. Like, she just. I don't know what she was. What Bess Armstrong was doing with her face, but I couldn't stop watching it. I had to rewind it a couple times because I was like. (laughs)
2: It was what? like Arlo had got her the craziest gift from industrial <laughs> yes. love she could have
1: possibly given yeah. her. Not some I got
3: her the gigantic horse dildo. Yeah,
1: or like a <laughs> double-ended dildo. It's like they're yeah. handcuffs. Calm down.
3: <laughs> I mean, I guess, like, it was, what, 30 years ago? Mm-hmm. And Patty is the most prudish person on the face of the
1: planet. Although it's good to know that Camille isn't. <laughs>
0: And I believe this is probably as far as you can take it on uh, ABC back in 1995, right? That's right? Fair. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. sure.
2: Now I kind of got the sense that Camille was kind of offering up her own clothes because at one time she said the green like lingerie thing. She said, "You should try this. I got this from the catalog." So, like, are they sharing clothes right now, or did I just mishear that? Maybe anyone realize? Like, I don't feel like Camille and patty would sort of be in the same size range for clothes hmm. but whatever i guess that's just neither here nor there so we have danielle going to the kitchen where angela immediately tries to send her back to patty's to help <laughs> back which that was kind of funny again uh rayanne calls asking or then there's a phone call we'll pick it up it's rayanne she's calling she's asking for ricky um, which he tells her not to put them in the middle of her fight with Angela. Like you can see Ryan's just trying to get some attention right now, trying to get the lay of the land with Angela, even though she knows that, uh, you know, they're not really talking. So this is their way to kind of, I guess, c- check up on her.
3: Well, uh, obviously, like you're not going to yeah. call someone at someone else's house just to chat. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's pretty clear. Ryan has ul- ulterior motives of calling Rinky Angela's house. She could just not call.
2: So we get uh, Camille leaves and then Patty um, comes in and gives Angela some shit for kicking Danielle out of the kitchen because she wants to make sure that she knows that if she leaves them alone, uh, that she is in charge of Danielle and that uh, she needs to take this responsibility because last time they were alone, she put Danielle in a dryer.
0: But but Danielle asked to go in the dryer. But yes, but
2: Danielle said she wanted to go in a dryer. (laughs) so.
0: So what's the problem? (laughs)
2: now Angela says nothing will happen but we like the thing is we seem to lose sense of time of some of these things Angela has kind of just done like she just runs away sometimes and goes to abandoned warehouses and fuck parties yeah fuck parties and you know just all of a sudden Jordan Catalano's in the kitchen at like 11 o'clock at night eating some cheese like I (laughs) It seems like she, the parents seem to have short-term memory loss on, on what um, Angela is maybe. I don't know.
0: I I'd like to argue that in the grand scheme of things, Angela isn't that bad a kid. Like, (laughs) right? Like she she doesn't really drink, right? She doesn't do a ton of drugs. She doesn't steal. She doesn't get into fights. Uh, You know, she's typically like she's run out of the house sometimes, but she's typically at home. She doesn't go on <laughs> sc- a lot of school nights. Like, I, I'd say not bad.
3: Well, and she's typically told her parents when something's wrong. Yeah. You know, that's eventually. True.
2: Yeah, that's true. She does get end up fessing up most times. So she says nothing will happen. It'll just be her, Danielle, and Ricky hanging out all weekend. So what could possibly happen? And there is your foreshadowing. What could possibly of, go wrong? Of the hijinks to come. Uh, Angela comes in yelling at Enrique What he wants for dinner um, Ricky's still on the phone with Rand So he decides to hang up uh, And then Rand says something I never heard before She says later much at the end So uh-huh. you know, she's kind of just saying like she's never You're not. I guess I'm not going to see you for a while kind of thing uh, We get a flip back to Patty Who stashes the handcuffs under a pillow and, uh, On the bed as Graham comes home and tells her he's late Because Hallie Lowenthal had car trouble <laughs>
3: Well, end of note. As she's hiding the handcuffs from Graham, she has the key in her hand, and that yeah. does not make it into the box. It makes it into her pocket instead. In her haste, yeah.
2: I mean, that won't be a problem at all. Will it going forward? No,
3: definitely not. What could what could possibly go wrong?
2: Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> so when he when he was talking about the car trouble, he said he looked under her hood, and Patty really really grabs on that under her hood or something. She says, um, "Talked about how her engine's held together by string." And, you know, he had to help her since Hallie and Brad broke up and she questions what they broke up. And he says, oh, um, I, I didn't tell you. Patty says uh, she didn't think he told her that before. So I guess we finally find out that maybe Patty isn't as comfortable with Graham away with Hallie well, now that she knows that they, there is no other uh, suitor in the room for her.
0: Well, and uh, Graham does not volunteer the information. Oh. Patty asks specifically, why couldn't Brad look at this issue? And yeah. then Graham says, oh, because they broke up. And Patty, of course, is like, oh, like, you know, interested. Graham is nonchalant. Now, is he really nonchalant or is he acting? I don't know.
3: He seems genuinely nonchalant about it to me.
2: I think he's just kind of dopey in general, right? Like, he's just like, yeah, well, I didn't tell you. Oh, I didn't tell you. Whatever. Like, that's kind of how guys sometimes are. Like, I didn't tell you. Ah, whatever. I didn't tell you. It's not a big deal. We know, or at least we're led to believe from earlier in the show, that he maybe has a little bit of a wandering eye, even though nothing's really
0: it's not just gone his, any further than that. Not just his <laughs> eye that's been wandering in the past. <laughs> well, his his one eye. His eye. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um. So all of a sudden, Neil arrives, uh, but he doesn't arrive with Marla. He arrives with his new girlfriend, Cheryl. And Arlo, can you give us any information about Cheryl?
3: Cheryl is played by Laura Innes, and you most likely recognize her from a long, long stint on ER.
1: Mm-hmm. As Dr. – what was her name?
2: Weaver? I think so. She had she had the walk – the cane thing that yeah. she was with, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know her name. My wife was a big fan of ER.
3: Um, let's see, she plays kind of a dumb character on this episode, but she was actually the first female celebrity to win the celebrity version of Jeopardy in 1984, right? And uh, she (laughs) apparently later in life, yeah, Dr. Carrie Weaver is who she played on ER and that's what she's most known for. And uh, apparently that character had a limp um, and was disabled on the show um she didn't actually have any kind of limp but um after 10 years of portraying that character uh, she started to experience the early stages of actual spinal damage oh god and then after that point the showrunners decided to have her undergo a surgery on the show that would magically remove her limp
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: now
2: i don't i might be thinking of the wrong character but was she sort of portrayed as a lesbian in that char- in that show or maybe like Hinting at a lesbian in that show?
3: Yeah,
1: later. I never, I later never watched the show. the show. Okay. That, yeah, yeah. yeah. Later in the show, I think that happened. Because, I mean, that show was on forever.
3: Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, unfortunately, and this will come into play later with the guest stars on the show this week, weirdly. Um, but in the early 80s, she was engaged to um, a man and he was murdered in a parking lot. Oh,
1: Jesus. Oh. Which
3: is horrible. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, it had a profound effect on her and she still finds it hard to talk about. But I'm mentioning that because when we get to another guest star on the show, I will be talking again about getting murdered in a parking lot. So <laughs> well, there's
2: a theme, also. Yes, there's a bad a theme, theme, but look at that. yes. Look at you, Arlo. Now you're putting themes into our episodes. <laughs> parking lot murders. It's great. <laughs> parking lot murders. That sounds like a podcast someone could start. <laughs> true crime, true crime, parking lot murders. All right, so Neil gives Danielle presents, presents. Excuse me, which she pretends to love, though she voices over that he gives terrible gifts. So who knows what's in there?
1: It sounds like my uncle.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you all right now. When it comes to presents, I don't care about sentiment, sentimentality. Just give money, gift cards, <laughs> baby. Yep.
1: See, I give people things that they need. That I know that, like, if they have a hobby that I know they like, I'll give them something related to that. And people usually like that. But Steve, my I was going say,
2: sometimes when people say they're giving stuff people need, they really aren't giving stuff people need. So um, <laughs> at, least you, at least you quantified it with it's a hobby. Something that they yeah, like.
1: like, if they have something they're really interested in. Like, my friend likes pens and notebooks and journals and stuff. So that's, you know, I get him some sort of variety of those things during the holidays and stuff like that. But I had an uncle that got me. I was, Okay. Back then, when this show was first running, I was 20. That Christmas, he gave me a silk scarf from, yes, like, did. Saks Fifth Avenue when I was wearing nothing but flannel and overalls.
2: Silk, like, the most sensuous of fabrics.
1: And I looked at him. I'm like, is this mine? I thought maybe I opened the wrong present. And it was for my aunt or something, who was, like, 50 at the time. And he's like, no, it's for you. I'm like looking down at myself. I'm like, dude, really? (laughs) What are you doing? Yeah. Horrible. So I feel Danielle in this right now.
0: (laughs) Well, if you ever get me a present, Stacey, there's something that I always need money.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So Graham pulls his brother aside for an interrogation. He says uh, he needs help with his bags, but Neil looks down and says, they're already sitting here, but he pulls
0: them anyway. Um,
2: Patty also ditches Cheryl. The
3: sharpest, sharpest crayon in the box.
1: Always. (laughs) I mean, trope, so tell they're related.
0: <laughs> trope number one, right? That yeah. in this mm-hmm. episode, Goofy trope. Oh, uh, Neil, uh, help me with the bags, but they're right here. Just, just come with me. And then Patty's like, <laughs> I also must leave, and they yeah. just leave <laughs> Cheryl alone in the foyer. Yeah.
3: The foyer, you mean? Yeah.
0: Which yeah, foyer? It's yeah. in
2: Pittsburgh. We're yeah. in Pennsylvania. Yeah,
0: and she's like, uh, very. You have a very lovely foyer. So, <laughs> yeah. So Neil tells
2: tells them that he and Marla broke up again, but he's sure Patty and Graham will love Cheryl because once you start talking to her, you love Cheryl. And we we soon learn that Cheryl likes to talk and she likes to tell stories and she goes on about how she and Neil met. Did anyone write down that wonderful story or are we just going to move on?
0: Well, I mean, they immediately cut to it. So another kind yeah. of comedy trope here. Like, oh, you'll love her. And then she's immediately in this rainy car And you can't escape her, and she's like. And then there was this note, and then it was blowing in the. And I was just chasing it, and then I picked up the note. And do you know what it said? Yeah. Yeah. And. uh,
3: Well, and she has a particularly, uh, I think, annoying voice, kind of thing, high pitched or whatnot. Although I do think that Patty and Graham are being incredibly judgy. Oh (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. shocking. As Patty and Graham are wanting to do, yeah.
2: Okay, I just said, I guess we learned that this is the trick that Neil pulls with all of his girlfriends, because Graham knew exactly what was on the note. Yep. It's a move. Yeah, that's it. That's his move. Um, And now, where do we think they're going? Are they going to, like, an inn? Are they going to a bed and breakfast? Like, what kind of a place do you think they're heading to?
3: It's an inn.
2: I would call it an inn, right? I was I was yeah. looking up something about the episode and they kept referencing a bed and breakfast and I was like, That's not what I think a bed and breakfast is, but um, I would imagine it's
1: yeah, it was some sort of an inn because bed and breakfasts typically, at least from what I've seen, like some of them can be big, but by big it's like, you know, four or five, six bedrooms. That looked like an actual like big place.
2: Yeah. I thought so too.
0: Uh, Cheryl also mentioned that she will uh, oh. has a couple of doobies in her purse. So. Doobies,
2: yes. Yeah. Yeah. We have a mention of the word doobie, which we don't hear too often. <laughs> and and just to mention right now, like, can we all agree that it's pouring rain when they're in the car? Yes. I just want to make note of. I don't know how far north they're driving. Yes. Or up They're driving a mountain,
0: but it is pouring rain right now. We can all agree, right? Yes. Exactly. There okay. is not a hint of snow, which will become important soon.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we flip to Angela and Ricky. They're um trying on makeup, uh, and she's telling him that she can go here. He can go hang out with Rianne if she wants to. But he's promising that he wants to stay with the Chases. Like you can tell, he likes the Chases. He likes, I think, the the calmness of hanging out with Angela versus the erraticness of hanging out with Rianne. So I think he's enjoying being there for the weekend, I think, rather than...
3: Well, and when you're that age, it's exciting to be home alone, you know? Yeah. Like, it
2: is. So, and then Angela asks if Rayanne asks about her, and we don't really get an answer to that. But but we learn that Danielle is so thrilled to be with her older sister and her cool friend, even if Angela barely acknowledges her existence. They're trying on some form of makeup, some sort of eyeliner or something. Um, We then cut to the nightcap at with Patty and Graham. Um, so they're trying to get after it, the two of them. They're trying, they're planning on uh, making love, as they say.
3: No! Um. <laughs> <laughs> no!
2: What, that's not the word you like? I thought that was your favorite one, Arlo. Um, now, I must say, and uh, Patty comes out in her lingerie. I said, oh, she looks kind of good in this lingerie. And, and, and you know, Graham thinks she looks good. And he, uh, as I wrote here, is is hella frisky, as I wrote down.
3: Well, she's, like, embarrassed. She's like, yeah. oh, "Like, I shouldn't have worn this. And he's like, no, 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 you definitely should have worn this. Yeah. Uh, he is down with he the is. lingerie, and uh, she is bashful about it. Are um, are you folks lingerie types?
1: No. Uh, I
2: would say in the amount of time my wife and I have been together, there hasn't been a ton of lingerie, but definitely not for a while, that's for sure.
0: Just be naked. Kept...
2: Yeah, <laughs> speeds it up.
0: <laughs> yeah um <laughs> also though if you want uh, a good laugh look up the song lingerie by one young mc and uh you will be highly amused
3: i love lingerie aesthetically but i don't understand it at all for sexy purposes right honestly right. that's usually what my wife says i don't get when i'm supposed to put it on
2: because it's like, just coming right just, off
3: like, am I supposed to just be like, I'm going to go into the bathroom, and then when I come out, I'm going to be wearing lingerie, and then it will come off? Like, I, it, it makes no logistical sense to me. And yeah, maybe it doesn't have to make logistical you... sense, but it, I, I just, for someone who works in a place that sells lingerie, I really have an issue with how it is to be used.
0: So, that's the one thing <laughs> that you're not very good at selling? Like, people are like, Oh, I want to buy (laughs) some lingerie. And you're like, I don't understand how that's practical. I don't
3: I mean, Again, like, I love it aesthetically. Like, if you want to wear lingerie and go have, like, a photo shoot with it on or whatever. Or, you know, you want to wear it around the house because it it makes you feel good. Or you want to layer it with, like, overalls and it looks, like, sexy. Like, great. Do it. All for it. I love some of the designs. All of that stuff. It's just, like, in a sexual moment with your long-term partner i don't understand when it's supposed to come out of the bag like <laughs>
2: yeah, it's just delaying it's the inevitable sins. anyway
1: right because um, it is it is a know. situation where your partner you hope would see you and want to take it off you within like right, three okay. seconds yeah so
3: <laughs> well it's something it, that you can't even get into yourself like some of the corsets and things that oh my have, god like all the little hooks and stuff on it's in the back
1: so un- like it's, uh, it's, it's not in- impractical is that the word yeah it's impractical <laughs> It really
3: totally impractical. Some of it's scratchy. It's oh. uncomfortable. Like I just some of some of it makes absolutely no sense to me. It's like it's really I, I, better like,
1: for pictures. It's better yes. for sexy pictures. It's better for like putting in magazines just to show people like what these designers make. But th- it's not practical in any sense of the word at all. Because you're gonna spend like, you know, like a hundred, maybe two hundred if you're buying a whole bunch of shit and then you're gonna take it off in two seconds, or what if he rips it off? I mean like you know, you never know. All right. Well, well we, girl, then, we're still are still like, are you going to wear
3: the same one again in a week? Like, right. Then the yeah. surprises. Like, I just, I like again, like, I, you know, I used to dance burlesque as well. Like, fine. Like, I, I'm, I'm great with it. You want to make a costume, go on stage. You want to make a sexy Halloween costume out of it. Like, great. All of those things. But yeah, for actual, practical, sexual use, I don't. I don't get it. We've anyway. Re-
0: we've reached a verdict on the Narbles and Broomheads podcast, everybody, in case you've been wondering for three years what our position is on lingerie. It is thumbs down. Thumbs down. Yeah.
3: I mean, Graham's into it, though. Graham likes it. Graham is yeah, into I everything he's
0: into here. into it
2: the same way I would be into it, where, wow, that looks really good on you. And I can't, it can't it wait to take it off. On the
0: floor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um then Graham drops a line, which is we're gonna hear later on, and I'm like, I don't know in this moment, Graham, if this is a really good line when he says he loves sex in a different bed. And Yeah, like I, come on. And I know he's talking it, about the hotel bed. Like and, hotel
1: bed, and yeah. And people but a, have the it,
0: hotel it, fetish. <laughs> but Graham, <laughs> you should not be talking about fucking in other beds right now.
1: <laughs> oh, I cringed when <laughs> he said that. I mean I know Can what I, he's going for, but that didn't
3: even occur to me when yeah. I was watching this episode, but oh, yes, that oh. is a little problematic, Graham. Yeah, also
1: <laughs> a
0: little bit much uh, for me, but also I think for ABC, he licks Patty's neck and face
1: like I it's know. an ice cream fucking cone. Like
0: ah, yeah,
2: like they were really getting into it.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah that was kind of. Uh... Ugh. Yeah it was just weird <laughs> yeah.
2: So they're struggling to kind of get in the mood Even though I don't think Graham ever struggles But they're struggling to get in the mood Because they can heal, hear Neil and Cheryl um, I, I mean I guess Fucking in the next room or Probably Or, ju- or jumping yeah, up like, on,
1: uh, on the bed and bouncing it <laughs> off the wall. Having pillow fights Smoking next, yeah. dope I
3: think yeah. it's it's the sound of her laugh And like yeah. their their judgment Is so strong that <laughs> they cannot Get over it
2: so they just can't seem to they can't seem to uh you know have sex because they keep laughing over everything that's happening next door so we're led to believe nothing happens and we bounce to the next morning where Ran shows up at the Chase's house claiming that she's there to get the $6.50 that Ricky owes her that she needs because of this thing Tino's got going on not good to get a Tino call out in every episode
0: well and i feel like I feel like this was a smart choice for an amount of money for her to get. Because like in one sense, you could buy that Rayanne, like like that's a meaningful amount of money for her, but also it's it's not meaningful enough, like like she sh- she's clearly got other motives to showing up at Angela's yeah. place. Like
3: Well, do we think that she's been taking advice from Amber again, who's telling her to insert herself yeah. into Angela's life?
0: It might be. Because again, Maybe. if you're if if you were in that kind of situation, your friend is staying with somebody who you're in some sort of feud with, and it's awkward, like a hundred bucks may get you over there, but $6 and 50 cents, you're not going over there. Yeah. You're not going over there unless you want to go over there and, you know, make, make amends or cause trouble or whatever it is.
2: So she ends up, I guess, getting the house. We, we jump to, uh, she finds, uh, Ricky, uh, in Patty and Graham's room. He's already taking own. her
3: co- her coat off.
0: Yeah, already making herself.
2: Already
3: a- knowing that she's staying. Yeah. What is makes-
0: what is what is Ricky doing in the parents' room? And this, well, I know that's what I wrote here. Why would he be there? Yeah, like right. there's, and I mean, we're gonna figure out soon enough. There's gonna be a lot of this show in their room, but that's for a reason. But you know, here and then later on in the episode, at like at the very end, it's like, why are you all in this room?
1: Yeah, because yeah. I mean. I don't know about you guys, but most of my friends' parents' rooms were off limits. Yep. 100%. I was
0: just going to say, like, you're yeah. not going in parents'
2: friends' rooms just without, you know, agreeing the that we to do this The only reasons I
3: can think about it is if, like, it's more comfortable to watch TV in that room and since they're not home, Angela's like, well, let's just, like, sprawl out on my parents' bed and watch this movie. Right. Or when they were trying on makeup, maybe they were trying on Patty's makeup. In her room i actually didn't notice what room they were in when they were doing that but those are the only two options i can think of
1: yeah because i mean really um i can remember what all my friends bedrooms look like growing up but don't really remember what their parents bedrooms look like because i hardly ever went into them and the only time i did go into a friend's bedroom uh, parents bedroom it was for a very bad reason um. <laughs> now we know that we know that whoa whoa, whoa 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 whoa
2: she told the story already. <laughs> this is the first time she's told this story. I'm trying...
1: What?
0: <laughs> You've referenced this before, Stacey.
1: I think I did. Yeah.
0: Remind yeah. Remind uh, the listeners. Not me, I remember. <laughs> but the listeners might not.
1: Uh, we found, like, old 70s porn. We were, like, yeah. seven. Oh,
2: yeah. yeah. It came up when they were watching the porn the other time. That's in That's right.
1: Room. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was... Ugh. God, it was like 40-something years ago, and I still remember it like it was
2: yesterday. <laughs> so much hair. So much hair. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Everywhere.
2: <sighs> I mean, I guess Ricky's sitting and talking to um, Mr. Katimsky on the phone, which is maybe why he took the phone call in there. Um, you know, it's nice to see that Mr. Katimsky is looking out for him, right? It's not like his aunt and uncle ever called him or there ever was any sense that anyone cared where he was, but Mr. Katimsky cares. So that's good. I mean, mm-hmm. that's at least a little connection to previous episodes. Rand jumps on the bed and she says she'd love to spend some time in this bed because, as Graham said, she loves sex in a
0: different bed.
1: And cars.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and in, this, in classes at school. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying.
0: Yeah.
2: No. So Ricky reminds her that he's staying here the whole weekend, so he can't hang out with her. Uh, she asks again if Angela asks about her so every time she talks now she's going to ask if Angela asks about her but Angela also asks if Ran asks about her so you know that they kind of miss each other they miss the attention they get from each other but you know with everything that's happened they just don't feel like they can be around each other so they still are interested in each other um by the questions they're asking but all of a sudden Ran finds the handcuffs and uh wonders if Graham and Patty have been putting them to good use. And she decides to handcuff herself to the headboard
1: without making sure that the key is around because
2: <laughs>
0: because Ricky
2: suddenly because realizes hijinks. the key is missing and we get hijinks.
0: Yeah. So she also, well, as she's doing this, like, you know, plays out a scene of Angela's parents fucking. So when, yeah, she, looks, when, she, when yeah. she finds the handcuffs, she, she exclaims, all right, Graham, which is great because, of course, you would not assume that these were Patties. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, she she plays out this scene with Angela's parents fucking, and then she purposefully handcuffs herself and handcuffs her, uh, the other side of the handcuffs, to the uh, headboard of the bed. And, yeah, that's when they realize, oh, where's the key?
3: So, realistically, pretty much all handcuffs have, I mean, besides actual police handcuffs, but, like, all novelty handcuffs for the purposes of... Sexy this. stuff. Yes, they have a catch on them so you can actually yeah. get out of them without the key. Um, however, if you're ever buying other things that lock up like chastity cages or cock cages, um, most of those don't have that kind of thing. So if you are ever buying something like that, make sure you check the lock mechanism and the keys before you lock it on anything important. <laughs> Okay, oh so I'm God. writing
2: this down. Make sure to not
3: yes.
0: cock cage key. Got it.
2: I'm yes.
3: doing
0: a search for cock cage right yeah. now. <laughs> what like, I'm picturing like a bird cage, a but it goes. What like, is? Uh, oh wow! All right.
1: <laughs> Wait, now I have to Google it. <laughs> i
0: you
3: You're all googling it. You can yes. buy them at industriallove.com. <laughs> what?
0: What does this do? Oh,
1: that's exactly what I was
3: picturing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like
2: what? It's, like a,
3: it's like a chastity device.
2: Oh. Oh my goodness, yeah. Oh, I'm actually seeing pictures. It's also of- known as a rooster cage. <laughs> you can buy them on Amazon.
3: <laughs> they get really fancy. We have, like, Bluetooth ones and everything at... Uh,
2: what would the Bluetooth store? do? Yeah.
3: It like can be, like, locked and... Um, unlocked using your phone and stuff
2: like the app for my car holy shit <laughs> <laughs> all right can i turn the air conditioning on in it too <laughs> oh my god interesting
0: all right
3: and anyway yeah most well, of anyway. us don't have like a safety don't hatch, have so... don't
0: lose the key
1: yeah. yeah
3: well and check check to make sure the key works in the lock before you lock
1: <laughs> yeah <it on>. before <laughs> or you're yeah. gonna have a very embarrassing um Experience either having <laughs> firemen come to unlock it for yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> or make sure
2: you have wire shears in your
1: in your. Oh yes, yeah. yes
2: Okay, so Patty, we we go to the uh, the inn. Patty's calling Camille, and she's whispering like a child in trouble, um, <laughs> and asks her to go to the house to check on the girls. But really, she wants Camille to make sure the handcuffy things get hidden in a safe place
3: because they're so. so- scandalous.
2: So we've learned that Patty can't even talk to her adult friend like an adult. She has to talk to her like she's a little child.
0: Well, it's weird because on the one hand, it's like, who gives a fuck if they find the handcuffs, right? Like, really? Who gives a shit? But then on the other hand, they did find the handcuffs and have gotten themselves into trouble (laughs) with them. So... (laughs) In a matter of seconds. Yeah.
2: (laughs) So we, they're... uh, Graham and Patty are heading down to breakfast and they see Cheryl and Neil arguing... About her crazy beliefs, and they're in this big argument. It's not her spirituality or anything about like politics or whatever. They're they're arguing about the 1971 Pittsburgh Pirates <laughs> not being as great as Neil thinks.
0: All right, so Stacy, I I didn't look anything up here because I figured you might be able to uh, lend some perspective to this conversation.
1: Uh, nope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well then.
0: All right.
2: Well,
1: I knew I, the
0: ball players she talked about. Willie Stargell was
2: a legit. Roberto Clemente was legit. But yeah. after that, she said the roster got pretty thin, which might be very true. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I should have looked that up on Baseball Reference, but I'm um, I'm not for that familiar with the Pirates pre the We Are Family team in '79 that won.
0: It's it is hard to imagine an era where the Pittsburgh Pirates were a good baseball team, is it not? Like, I know it's been it's been, it's
1: been so long that yeah I mean '79 was the last time they won the World Series. They and... lost
0: to the Braves in
2: 1992 mm-hmm. to go when the Jays beat the Braves in the World Series. So yeah. maybe that was the last time they were good, really good.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, and they made the wild card like ten years ago, I think.
0: Maybe.
1: Yeah, something like that.
0: Yeah, but they've been pretty fucking rotten, like nonstop for what twenty five years. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, more than that, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's bad. <laughs> uh, though,
0: like, I would, yeah, yeah, nicest stadium in the league, probably. If not, top three. Yeah.
2: So, um, yeah, I guess we're led, we're supposed to be led to believe, here's another one of the little silly tropes, that they're actually arguing because they don't like each other and Neil is going to break up with her, but in fact, they're actually arguing about something different. Um, Patty, and in her infinite wisdom, suggests that they all go ice skating. So, here we go. Hmm. As I mentioned before, unless they've been driving up an incredibly elevated mountain, it was pouring rain not 24 hours ago. And now it's cold enough and frozen enough that they can go outdoor skating.
0: Uh-huh. I'm um,
2: going to
3: say it's a mountain retreat. I mean, sure, way up high sure. in the mountains.
0: <laughs> sure. Uh, okay, so... Whatever. I mean, it's... It's certainly mount Like, I don't even call it mountainous. Like, it's not flat in and around Pittsburgh, but... I don't think we're going up elevations that will change the climate. I'm I can't guarantee that. Maybe in the winter a little no, bit more, but I don't know. They could have just had snow when they were driving up
2: or mentioned how it was cold out and snowy, but whatever.
0: Also, but this, it, this this idea does not sound like fun. <laughs> like Well, the two of them definitely don't want to go. The two guys don't want to go skating. No.
3: I I mean there's two kinds of people when you go on vacation, right? right? There's people who want to have an itinerary. And have every moment planned out, and then there's people who just want to go with the flow. I'm not going to say there's only two people. There are people in between, but...
1: I'm in between. I'm in between. I think I am.
3: I think I am, too. I like to have ideas. Yes. But I don't want it scheduled to every waking moment of my day.
1: Right. One of the best vacations I ever had was seven days long. For the first three days, we did a bunch of stuff, like touristy things. And the last four days, we did whatever the hell we wanted and what we did was basically lie on the beach for four days and swim in the ocean it was the greatest vacation ever that's the way to do it
3: (laughs) one thing i insist on is like a scheduled place to sleep because i have been on trips before where there was not a scheduled place to sleep and that stressed me out quite a bit
1: that sounds like a nightmare (laughs) that doesn't sound like a trip i would want
3: yeah like i I need there to be a home base that's set you know
2: so uh, we get the we get the sense that Patty wants to plan out the entire day's activities, and the guys disagree. But Cheryl thinks ice skating is a cute idea, and Patty is equally cute. So they all sort of um, relent and and uh, agree that they will go ice skating.
1: Well, uh, of
3: course, of course, Patty is this kind of person, right? Yes, of course she yeah. is. Story tracks.
2: Yeah. Uh, so we're kind of bouncing. We're going to bounce back and forth between the two sort of settings right now, and. Um, we move to Angela coming into, uh, the bedroom and seeing Rayanne attached to with the handcuffs. Um, she says that the handcuffs belong to Angela's parents and Angela denies this. And then Danielle comes flying into the room, refusing to leave a room in her own house. I'm not living. I live here. I'm not leaving. I live here. She says. So Rayanne and Ricky are trying to sort of cuddle in bed, trying to hide the handcuffs from her. And then we get a knock on the door and Camille and Sharon show up um, as Camille's trying to sneak up to the bedroom to get the handcuffy things. Sharon mentions to Angela that she wants to show her her new jumpsuit. But Angela stops Camille from going upstairs by asking to talk about respect for elders and justice.
0: Yeah, another trope here. Yeah. <laughs> right, Pure like, teen talk. Yeah, clearly just not wanting her to go up the stairs. Like, to the point where and we're going to we're going to go through this whole scene um where it's just like Camille is stupid i guess because it's so obvious what's happening in all these next scenes and Camille doesn't seem to be buying it or she just doesn't give a shit yeah
3: yeah yeah like this entire this scene and the entire one that follows i don't buy that Camille doesn't see right through it you yeah. know like she's a pretty savvy person it well, would be really obvious that something was afoot but um either the writers didn't care or Camille doesn't care.
0: Well, like Angela is physically blocking her from going up the stairs. So again, Camille may not be like, oh, they found the handcuffs, but it's like, okay, there's clearly something up the stairs that you right. don't want me to see. So,
2: yeah. Exactly. So we leave that scene and then uh, we jump back to, the, uh, to the, um, the inn. Cheryl is talking about how she's impressed that Patty runs her own business and Patty says uh, every day. <laughs> Cheryl says it's something that she would love to do someday, and I, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to, I guess, ruin her, her um, thoughts, but I, I would imagine she's not the youngest pup anymore to think that she's going to start her own business. But who knows? I guess she could in some day That she says, or have a cappuccino cart. Uh
0: huh. Well, I mean, that's her own business. Like if you have yeah, it, there you go. Yeah,
2: exactly.
0: Uh, and then they go through this silly trope again, yeah. where uh, Cheryl is saying words that she believes are complimentary to patty but it's the last thing that patty wants to hear where she's like i just i envy you patty you i can do i have no things locking me down i can do whatever i want i got the world at my fingertips your plan is settled you have kids yeah, and a husband boring. yeah like
2: and, yeah, and i
3: wish my life was boring like yours yeah. patty
0: yeah
2: all of patty's choices are behind her Cheryl thinks that it must be comforting I think is what she said
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. So Cheryl (laughs) is actually not being sarcastic She's being complimentary But it's you know It's not coming across that way to Patty
2: And then the episode has Patty Putting some fucking hat on her head That I've never seen before (laughs) I don't know if it's a crocheted toque Or what the hell it is (laughs) But um, That would have been a mistake I think but I guess 90s So Patty, Patty's trying to plan the whole day schedule, still continuing to try and do this thing. And then Cheryl, again, as you mentioned, she asked Patty to plan her whole life for her because Patty has all the answers. Uh, Neil and Cheryl quickly screw things up because they decide they want to go into town to buy booze because the inn doesn't offer any. There's no booze in the entire place. So we have a little back and forth, back and forth. And Patty just finally sends the sends all three of them. Into the town while she says she'll go rent their skates.
0: Cheryl specifically uses the term, I want to partay down. (laughs) I didn't write uh, that. Yeah, if I was Neil, I would have dumped her right there. (laughs) I would have been the end. Yep. I would have taken her to town and left her. Yep.
2: Okay, we bounce back to uh, Angela's house. Um, Angela is uh, is talking about justice. Um and her angle about justice is that she should be allowed to return clothes she doesn't like even if it's past the 30 day, 30 day I guess time limit to returning your clothes. And then Cheryl, Cheryl, excuse me, Sharon thinks that she must mean um, a shirt that she gave Angela for her birthday. So Sharon's <laughs> kind of lost in this conversation. She's really interested in justice and stuff. But Camille finally just gets pushes by her. She's sick of this nonsense. She goes upstairs where she finds Ryan pretending to be sick. Uh, and just kind of kind of dying in Graham
0: and Patty's bed. I mean, <laughs> you she's I mean, pretending is, I guess, the operative word, but she's like, Oh, I'm so sick. Oh, oh my and and Angela comes in the room and she sees what's going on and is laughing and can't contain her laughter, and Ricky sees that Angela's laughing and runs over to her and is trying to hide, and uh uh, Ran sneaking looks at Ricky and Angela and like winking at them like, oh, I'm going to be, oh, I just, I'm dying. <laughs> and Camille, Camille, again, I, I cannot go with Camille buying all this. I think Camille is just like, you know what? Fuck these kids. Like, <laughs> they're not yeah. my kids. Yeah. Because yeah. there, there's no way she's like, oh, she's legitimately sick. Like, there's no way.
3: Um, uh, according to my so-called life lore, I did. Yes. Uh, they wanted to elicit a real, la- real laughter from Claire Danes when she walked into the room. So one of the sound guys took off his pants and was standing there in his boxers when she walked in, so that she would be surprised and really laugh.
2: Oh, right. So the reaction is the legit reaction from her. That's so, why you see the characters. I went back and watched. They're, they're kind of smirking a little bit when she comes in because they know the boxer guy's in there. <laughs> because an,
0: <laughs> ad, an adult male took his pants off around the kids. It's funny.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a joke. Everybody was hilarious,
3: yeah. apparently.
2: Yeah.
0: Go to. Uh, yeah, you
2: know, Camille's kind of skeptical. Sharon kind of catches on to what's going on. Um, Camille pulls Angela aside and wonders if Rand's illness has anything to do with her drinking problem. Well... Um, I guess fair. Hungover. Um, Angela says no and says that Patty knows that she's there. And like you just said, Alan, I think Camille's just like you know what? Fuck, this. this isn't worth my time.
0: Well, and she's not only like fuck this, but she leaves and just leaves her kid there. Like Sharon yeah. doesn't leave. <laughs> Sharon's there for the rest of the weekend. She's like, I don't need any of this shit. <laughs> yeah. So then
2: we we jump back to the the hotel, and we can get the sense that Patty's been waiting for a long time. The, the, the three musketeers aren't back yet um, They're still off on their booze Their booze trip And then we get introduced to Warren Who seems to be the owner Of the inn Or the manager of the inn Or something like that Who seems like he's already sick and tired of her talking already Because every she time asks,
0: he, okay. he, he walks in the room And she's like She won't stop talking to him Which yeah. I mean Now I would be annoyed too But at the same time Warren It's your fucking job <laughs> like, sorry.
3: Okay, so Warren, played by an actor named Jack Nance. Uh, you may recognize him from any number of David Lynch projects. Um, specifically, the lead role in Eraserhead in 1977, but also Twin Peaks. Oh. Um, okay. And pretty much every David Lynch project Ooh. since Eraserhead, basically. Um, For... I'll start with a fun fact. Um, Basically, uh, despite already being a mainstream actor at the time, for some reason he appeared in a film called Old Fashioned Spankings in 1991, (laughs) um, which is a hardcore spanking video.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Go Warren.
3: Yeah. Apparently, listen. If as a script of... came
2: across your desk, Arlo, and it said and that was the title, would you not maybe just take the check and just? just
3: I mean, it. apparently, it's a hardcore, not just Ooh. like a like a little tappy tap on the bot. Like it's 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 a hardcore spanking video.
2: Oh, we're not talking uh, baby blue. For apparently,
3: our- as <laughs> of 2016, he's allegedly the only mainstream actor to be in a hard hardcore spanking <laughs> video. Wow. So, there you go. Um, left turn. In not-so-nice news for this guy, like, he had kind of like a tragic, at least later, part of his life. Um, his second wife was Kelly Van Dyke, who's uh, Dick Van Dyke's daughter. And she committed suicide in 1991. And uh, basically, uh, he was filming Meatballs 4 at the time and was on set. And he was trying to console her on the phone while she was talking about killing herself. And just then a lightning storm knocked out the phones and it took over 45 minutes to, for them to get a hold of a deputy sheriff in her location in Los Angeles to get to her apartment. And in that time she hung herself. And I'm like, that is a horrible story. And apparently he was an alcoholic and, the later years of his life as well. Um, he is, uh, his death was the result of a homicide in a parking lot. Jesus. Wow. Okay, murder in the parking lot. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, so he went out for lunch with a couple of friends around noon and he recounted to them, he had a bruise on his face and he recounted to them that at around 5 a.m. that morning he got into a fist fight with two young men who he called long-haired hippies and homeless crackheads and also homeless bums. They walked up to him and asked him for spare change. He mouthed off to them and said, get a job and a haircut. And a brawl ensued where he received several punches to his face and was knocked to the ground. So then later on around noon, he went out for lunch with a couple of friends. He said... About the brawl. I told off some homeless kids. I guess I got what I deserved. Uh-huh. And then he went home to his apartment. And he uh, died of a subdural hematoma.
1: Ooh. Um,
3: 24 hours after receiving the injuries. Jesus. And died alone in his apartment. Yeah. So, sorry Warren.
2: Great, well. And now you know the rest of the story. Yeah.
3: yeah um. So it's still a cold case. Um, they never found the men. So sad, sad stories all around. Sorry what was it? Be on
0: the lookout for long-haired hippie and what was it? Drug addict? Hom-
3: homeless crackheads. Yes.
0: All right.
2: With with probably some blood on their shirts if they can't. Mm. They're homeless. So Patty asked Warren if she should cancel their spelunking trip because she's also booked them a spelunking trip. Um he says yes considering that happened hours ago so she's been sitting there a while she sees a romantic couple coming in who are making out um who seem to want to go ice skating and patty's just getting kind of grumpier and grumpier
0: well they've come back from ice skating Sorry, which has yes, made them super horny so they're yeah. practically like getting it on in the this main area of the inn or whatever and then they smile at Patty and leave. And then Patty looks longingly at the skates. And skates, is like, yeah. oh, we could have skated and then fucked too. And, uh, <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, so she's looking longingly at the skates. And then we head to commercial. We get our um, My So-Called Life bumper. And, uh, and then we're actually going to end the episode there.
0: Yeah, I said earlier oh, we were going to do What have everyone do
2: thought so far about this episode?
0: I said we were going to do this in one shot earlier, everybody. But I lied. It was a joke. <laughs> It's so funny. Hi, so Jinx. Yeah.
3: Sorry, it's my fault because I had so many fun facts about the guest stars. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's what we said it was, right? Like nothing, nothing monumental has happened so far. There's a lot mm-hmm. of tropes in this one. There are scenes where I'm like, come on, like, again, I get trying to be funny, but going out of the realm of how people would realistically believe, like the scene with Camille, doesn't track for me on this one. Um, but, you know, we we were talking about... Uh, you know, I mean, we normally talk about Degrassi on this podcast. They've thrown in, like, goofy episodes in between serious ones, right? Like, Claude kills himself, and then, like, <laughs> Dwayne has AIDS. But then in the middle, they all, they all sneak into the school to find the savages, right? Oh, hijinks! Right. So, yeah, I think sometimes it's just, maybe the network's like, look. (laughs) Like, we want to have fun (laughs) sometimes when we watch these shows, too. So, could you just throw a fun one in? I
2: don't know. Yeah, I guess there's just so much with the parents in this episode. I think it's just like, like, I think it was Arlott said being like, who's this show for? It's not for people that want to watch the parents. They're just caricatures of themselves, almost, in this episode. Maybe that's why I don't like it. I don't know.
1: I mean, it's fine, but like you said... You know, even at the time, I didn't really care about the parents. (laughs) Like, they didn't need to be the A-plot. You know, some shows have an issue with doing the wrong A-plot and B-plot, and I feel like the parents didn't need to be the A-plot.
3: Yeah, I agree with that.
1: All right. right. (laughs) So let's say our goodbyes.
2: So if we start, let's go, uh, let's start with our guest host today, Stacy,
1: out in New York. Ah, yes, I'm here in rainy, dreary New York. It's horrible. Um, You can follow me on Instagram at SRGots, Twitter at StaceGots. I'm also on Blue Sky now because Twitter is a hellhole. Uh, I'm StaceGots there as well because it's just easy to do. And... um, you know, if you like baseball, you can watch my podcast on YouTube. Just look up Locked on Yankees. We just passed 3,000 subscribers on YouTube. I'm very happy with that. Nice. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, am I sending it to Regina?
3: <laughs> sure. You can follow me on Instagram at A-R-L-O-E-S-C-O-T-T. And uh, let's throw it to Toronto.
0: And if I really want a cock cage, where do I go for the best <laughs> cock cages uh, you, in Canada? You can go
3: to industriallove.com. It's very
0: exciting. Uh, hi, everybody. I'm Alan. Uh, slip with five eyes or slip on all of the, uh, on all of the social media. And uh, this podcast is at Narbo's Podcast on Twitter, at Narbo's and Broomhead's Podcast on Instagram. Narbo's and Broomhead's at gmail.com if you want to write us. And I do another podcast called Super Hits Podcast, where we talk about a different uh, single from the 80s or 90s, usually. Um, Though Barry was on most recently and had us do Paradise by the Dashboard Light by Meatloaf. Ah. was quite the time. So uh, go and check that one out if you like. And back to our host and i'm
2: your host tim at uh, folly underscore t on instagram and uh let's just see where this hijinks and uh handcuffy things take us next week so for all of us at the podcast later see ya
3: bye, bye. baby well i just said i do my ups.
2: i
0: do my homework
2: would stay
1: up late and dream about okay killing I would never get chills out of my house. Maybe I would I would walk
3: around and get naked Don't you get to call my dreams
1: Everyone they will so good I would make the heck that skull Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah! Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.